forgot that name is the source of some contention. So let me say oh, it's the weekend, and it's that means I it's time for Mortgage 101, your guide to homeownership with myself, Todd Vino. I guess I'm the host. And the talent, maybe, or maybe you're the talent and the host. Yeah, you know. sure. And I'm just here for the ride. And the expertise and the talent is Clinton Wilkins, our mortgage guru. Clinton Wilkins, what's going on? You know, uh, it's the weekend, and uh, for anybody listening to us, you know, hopefully you're having a wonderful summer. Yeah, hopefully you are having a wonderful summer, and uh, it's nothing like it's, it's Saturday right now, actually. When we're recording this show. I know. We normally do our show um, uh, during the week, Wednesday or Thursday night before the weekend. Yeah. But, we, you know, we're doing this a couple of weeks in advance. So if there's any big news, you know. Yeah. We're not asleep at the switch. We're not asleep at the switch, no. <laughs> you're just, you're going away. I'm, and by the time this airs, you will have been away. I know. I'm excited. But <laughs> we'll be. I'll be on with you in Halifax before the show goes on. Yeah. You know, with travel these days, I think we're all a little bit concerned. Like, what happens if there are flights delayed? We want our listeners to still get Mortgage 101. And and we're st- going to talk about a lot of great things here today on our show. Obviously, you know, we're. I think we'll do a little bit of a deep dive into what's going on with the Bank of Canada. You know, that's an yeah. ongoing conversation. Sure. We're going to talk really about economics and what's going on with inflation. And I really want to talk a little bit, Todd, about wants versus needs. And we're doing a lot of planning with clients right now. And I think we'll kind of dive into that and, you know, talk about... Uh, what's going on within the household. You know, obviously the mortgage is a big piece of what goes on with people who are homeowners already. Right. Um, but there's a lot of other impacts, you know, that are happening right now, um, which obviously can be a concern. And, uh, you know, I really want to kind of talk a little bit about what's going on here in the real estate market in Halifax. Um, you know, we've seen some obviously very, I think, increased hot market over the last, you know, several months, yep. even the last couple of years. And I want to talk about kind of what I'm seeing going on right now. Yeah, something else I think that we should revisit during the show as well, because this is an ongoing concern, is the variable versus the fixed rate, mm-hmm. because we have new listeners, and you're a strong proponent of a variable rate. Right? Yeah, I certainly believe in uh, variable rate mortgage products. You know, historically, they are better, but we're certainly having a lot of conversations right now around kind of what's going on with that, and, you know, what's better for each person individually. Yeah. Okay. So we could, so we get lots on, on, on the, uh, mm-hmm. on the docket, no, on the roster, on the schedule, on the schedule. Yeah. <laughs> the itinerary. Mm-hmm. What other, uh, what other term can, synonym you throw out there? can we, uh, I'm sure we can throw out a few I'm more. I'm sure we can get a few in there. So what do you want to start with Bank of Canada? I think Bank of Canada. I mean, uh, you know, we've just gone through this, you know, just a, just a couple of weeks ago, the Bank of Canada met and, um, I was shocked. Yeah. Well, by the full basis point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we had, everybody was planning on 75 basis point yeah. increase. Yep. And when it was a hundred basis point, uh, obviously we were scrambling a little bit. We had all our collateral ready. Uh, you know, our producer here, Jonathan Snow, he also does all our um, like operations, technology, marketing things. And uh, we had everything ready to roll as soon as the Bank of Canada met. You know, we were watching it live. Yep. And I actually watched the first bit of the... Um, newscast that the Bank of Canada governor did uh, when they did the 100 basis point increase. And I think we're all pretty surprised. Yeah. Obviously, well, you said you were shocked. I was shocked yeah. because, you know, I, it, you know, people were kind of saying, you know, 75 basis points would be aggressive. Maybe some people thought it might have been 50. And when it was 100, we were like, wow, these guys are serious. Yeah. And, um, 
And and for those who don't know that the, 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 the this is an this is a, is not an economic show per se, but economics plays a big role in this. Of course, yeah. So the whole point of people might go, why you got to raise inflation or, or or the interest rate? It's all about curbing inflation. Can you exactly. explain that? Yeah, because when they increase the cost of borrowing, uh, what that really means is a lot of households are going to spend more on interest, mm-hmm. whether that's mortgage interest or maybe interest on yeah. and unsecured debt, too, businesses. Right? Yeah. Um, uh, you know, they're all going to spend more money. And what they're trying to do is to get consumers and probably businesses to stop spending as much money and start hoarding cash. Right. So, you know, artificially, that kind of really happened during the pandemic because, you know, we were all locked yeah. locked down. Uh, you know, Canadians really didn't save, as, you know, haven't saved as much money as they did over the last couple of years because they weren't going out to eat and buying consumer goods and all these things. And then when things started opening up, mm-hmm. people had so much... Uh, you know, available cash, we'll say, it kind of flooded the market. And, you know, there's been a lot of supply chain challenges. Yep. Um, That's easing, I hear. That's easing a little bit. And, uh, you know, the inflation numbers came out in July. And uh, even in Canada, inflation was about 8%. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Bank of Canada governor um, said that they think that we might even see a little bit more uh, increase in the inflation before it starts softening but they're thinking the inflation is going to start coming down here by the end of the year. Right. Okay, so that's the that's the purpose of raising inflation mm-hmm. rates. So the bottom line is you were shocked though. You weren't anticipating. Do you think it was do you have any I think opinion it was, on whether it was too aggressive or not or what are your I would say the Bank of Canada gets it right about 0% of the time. <laughs> that much? <laughs> 0%. <laughs> um, well, we could give them 10%. Well, maybe 10%. Sometimes you luck in, everybody gets 10% luck factor. And there was an article that came out either before the Bank of Canada met or just afterwards. And it said, every time there's been an increase like this, within 13 months, they mm-hmm. start lowering the key overnight rate again because, you know, we get into a recession situation. Yep. So it's turn the dial up, turn the dial down. Turn the dial up, turn the dial down. The problem is that, like right now, obviously, inflation was a bit of a runaway train, and they're trying to get that back in line. Maybe they were too slow at kind of increasing the key overnight rate, mm-hmm. and things kind of got a little bit out of control, so they're trying to get that back. And they use this term called soft landing. Yeah. And, you know, I think what they want to do is they obviously want to increase the cost of borrowing, but they don't want to cause, you know, a massive recession. So they want to slow things, you know, bring the inflation down. The target is like 2 3% is where they want the inflation. And, right. you know, we are almost triple that right now. All right. So let me ask you this question. You had a lot of your, uh, a lot of clients, I'm sure a lot of people, not only your clients, mm-hmm. but people in general purchasing. And it's almost as though they, they didn't realize that this was going to happen, that interest rates were going to go up. And and, I, and I've used the term before, like Canadians were drunk on cheap money. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it was low for so long. Yeah. And here's kind of the interesting fact. Pre-pandemic, the prime rate was 3.95. Mm-hmm. Today, it's 4.7. It's not that much higher. Yeah. But I think it was just so low for so long that... Uh, we forget that variable actually varies. Yeah. And, you know, what goes up must come down. And, we, you know, we enjoyed some very low cost of borrowing for quite some time. Now it's costing a little bit more and it will balance out. I'm in a variable rate mortgage myself, Todd. Yep. And uh, I believe historically about 60% of Canadians are in a fixed rate. Mm-hmm. You know, we're pretty conservative overall in Canada. Um, and typically in a fixed rate, you're paying more 
to have that security. And I think if people are right at the top of their budget, you know, if there's issues around affordability, there's nothing wrong with a fixed rate, Todd. Um, but if you can take a little bit of risk, typically you will get the return with the yeah. variable rate. Historically, it is lower. Mm-hmm. I believe it's going to come down in the next, you know, 12 to 18 months. And those consumers that are feeling a bit of a pinch, yeah. there are solutions. You know, maybe it's a solution around extending the amortization or maybe it's a solution of doing a midterm refinance, maybe pulling some equity out, maybe you re-amortize the debt. And here's a little interesting tidbit. There's a lot of Canadians that have home equity lines of credit, mm-hmm. a HELOC. Yep. We use the word HELOC quite yep. a lot. Yep. Um, we are paying out a lot of HELOCs into amortized charges. Typically, a HELOC, the rates are at prime plus 50 basis points. So right now, people with a HELOC, a lot of people are paying about 5.2%. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in a refinance or even a transfer situation, you know, if you just take the debt and you don't add anything to it, some consumers are getting like prime minus 95 on an amortized charge, like over 25 years. Right. And the difference in that rate is almost 1.5%. And HELOCs sometimes are forever. People you know, aren't great at paying it down. Obviously, if it's a savvy consumer and they're using it for investment purposes or something like that, I think it's... Or just as a contingency. As a contingency, I think that makes sense. But a lot of people who had home equity lines of credit over the years, and they certainly were popular like in the 90s and the early 2000s, um, you know, they use them and then they're just paying the interest. So a lot of our consumers or a lot of people who are coming to us want to pay out these home equity lines of credit and we're putting them into an amortized charge, which I think is pretty interesting. Yeah. Well, look, uh, people just, they need to hang on, right? If, if you're tight, you, like you said, just, just you get, sometimes you get a rein in your spending. I think you certainly need to rein in the spending. And I think um, when we're back, we are going to talk a little bit more about wants and needs. Yeah. And really, you Perfect. know, what does that look like? That's the segue, almost like we knew what we were doing there, right? Imagine. <laughs> Mortgage 101, your guide in home ownership with Clinton Wilkins and myself, Todd Vino, in Halifax and Ottawa. We will be back. Dawning of the Age of Aquarius. Why did you, why did you pick that one? Well, you let me pick the music this week, so yeah. Why that song? I don't know. I I heard it recently, and now I've been like playing it. I, I really want to find like a remix, but I can only find the original. There's a lot going on there, isn't there? Yeah, there is. Like in that song, like there's a lot going on. And I know you love a good classic oldie. I do, but that's that's a little too a little too old for you. I don't know, but old, but it's it's a little too busy. I think. Oh, okay. Too, but I like the 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 uh, the message though, mm-hmm. right? Because it's true. I think that 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 I think not to become philosophical here yeah. or existential, but I do think that that 
we're in rough waters right now. I think everybody would agree with that. Yeah, I think we're certainly, um, it's a bit of a storm. I yeah, think I've kind of used that analogy yeah, before. Yeah, a storm, yeah, yeah. And, you know, we're in a storm not just with the cost of borrowing. You know, we talked about the Bank of Canada on our last seg- segment here. Yeah. Um, we're in a storm of consumer goods. We're in a storm of spending. People are trying to find their way again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it's so, so important that, you know, people, consumers, our customers... Canadians really look in the mirror and and look at you know what's going out every single day like I think we really need to look at what you know our minimum needs are yeah how much does it cost to operate your household how much does it cost to service your debt and you know I think we're in a situation where cash is more king now than it might be before how so what do you mean I think that um, like we don't know what's going to happen with the cost of fuel and, you know, the cost of groceries and the cost of, you know, other things. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know when that's going to level out. We don't know how long, you know, it's going to take to get inflation under control. And a lot of people have a finite amount of household income. Yeah, most you know, people. Have. Unless you're self-employed, yeah. you yeah. really, it's hard to make more money yeah. unless you're doing a side hustle or yeah. you have a part-time job or something like that. Yeah. And, um, you know, cost of goods certainly have gone up a lot quicker with inflation than people's income have. Mm-hmm. But if you keep your spending the same, what that means is you may be starting to go into the hole yeah. and consumers in general only have so much, you know, available credit and available credit now has become more expensive, obviously with the increase in the interest rate. So I think it's getting back to basics, Todd. I think that's really going to be the answer, you know, over the next several months. Yeah, when it comes to wants and needs, I think that you need to look at that when you're purchasing your house as well. What do I want? What do I actually need? And more importantly, what's sustainable? I I certainly 100% agree. I would say over the last several years, first-time home buyers haven't been buying starter homes. And I think that's a little bit problematic. Mm -hmm. We are certainly seeing a lot of first-time home buyers, you know, over the last few years, they wanted to buy the new construction, single-family home with, you know, granite countertops and stainless steel appliances and all these things. And obviously the cost of real estate across this country have, you know, increased with yeah. the pandemic, you know, where there's only so much supply, but the demand has been higher. Um, I think first time home buyers, I mean, and I'm happy to report, I think are buying some more starter homes right. or what we would know as a starter home. Yeah. And typically buying a home is the biggest purchase of your life. And the mortgage is the biggest debt. We talk about this all the time on our show, but I think getting into this property ladder is so, is so important because Typically, real estate increases in value. And, you know, as you have a mortgage and you make your mortgage payments, you pay down the debt. So you're increasing that net worth every month that goes by. And I think in the past, for some home buyers, you know, if they couldn't buy their dream home the first time along, they would wait. But what we're seeing is real estate has increased in value the last couple of years. Mortgage interest costs have increased over the last couple of years. So to really buy a house right now, is more expensive and it's not just the purchase price it's the cost of borrowing than it was even a couple of years ago yeah. so the people who you know bought a home in 2019 18 17 they're reaping these benefits of typically pretty low borrowing costs mm-hmm. and they bought the property obviously below where the market value is right now and maybe they could afford maybe a slightly nicer home you know for the same kind of cost but that doesn't mean that all real estate hasn't increased in value yeah right yep and I think the people that were on the fence and maybe couldn't afford their dream home a couple of years ago have had to kind of reset 
their expectations. And I think knowing what the minimum you need is, is really important. Uh, we did a session uh, here in Halifax um, during Pride. It was called Pride and Homeownership. We talked mm-hmm. about it a little bit on our show yep. um, last month. And we had a realtor and a lawyer on. And one thing that really came up is buy kind of the worst house in the in the best neighborhood. Yeah. You can always improve your home, and that might be some of the wants, mm-hmm. but you can't change the location and the location may be that need. Yeah. Um, and I think it takes a little bit of soul searching, like where where do you want to live in your community? There's pros and cons. If you of, have kids, you have, how old you are, uh, Your stuff. lifestyle changes yep. o- over time. You know, what's going to basically work for you for the next period of your life. And, you know, I think when p- consumers buy a home, it's not forever anymore. Yeah. Like my parents were in the same house since 1985. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not the norm anymore. No. You know, I think... Uh, you know, consumers are, are, are buying and selling kind of more quickly. And um, I think just getting into the real estate ladder with that, you know, minimum need, I think is kind of the way to go. Yeah. And I think there are, you would know this better than anybody. There are products from lenders, which allow people to be, to move as well. You can port mortgages. And from what I understand, you couldn't do that in the, in the eighties. Could you? I think maybe people were porting and maybe maybe there were maybe more consumers assuming a mortgage. But the mortgages were a lot smaller, Todd. Yeah. And um, now, obviously, we're borrowing at maybe even a higher percentage of our annual income for housing. So there's a lot of different considerations. Um, and obviously, housing is a bare minimum need. Yeah. And there's a lot of other things that we spend our money on every month that could be wants like clothes and eating out and travel. And I think those are the things that we really need to think about. You know, I see customers all the time and, you know, I tell them if you're buying a new home, you don't need to buy a new vehicle. But, you know, if you're in a car accident, yeah. you do need one. Yeah. So a new vehicle versus, you know, that you, that you want is not necessarily the need unless you need transportation, right. of course, right? Yeah. And that's what I really think you kind of need to go through and you need to go through your budget, like go through your bank statements mm-hmm. and go through your credit card statements and look at all your purchases, maybe from the last 90 days yeah. and maybe highlight in two different colors, like what was a need and what was a want and then kind of figure out that budget, that budget piece. And yeah. I'm not saying don't treat yourself. Don't get me wrong. Right. But I think knowing kind of what you need to service what you have is important because maybe some of these needs are going to become more yeah. expensive. Well, people should be going through their bank statements and for, there could be fraudulent purchases or whatever it might be. A lot be, of right? people don't even open their mail, Todd. Like what percent of people? I, I still, you tell me that, I still find that hard. It blows my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, we have a, I hear every day people, people can't find their, their documents. You know, we need like kind of basic documents typically when we're doing a mortgage transaction. Mm-hmm. You know, if you already own a home, we need your 2021 annual mortgage statement and we need your most recent property tax bill. I have a lot of people who give me property tax bills from 2021, but guess what? We've already had now a bill for 2022. And I think, um, you know, having your documents together, I think mm-hmm. you need to open your mail. And I think sometimes people don't want to face the music. Yep. You know, if you owe money, sometimes you just don't, you want to avoid it, put your head in the sand. Yeah. But I think having a handle on it and looking at it and talking about it yep. is really very important, especially if you're in a relationship with someone. Sure. You know, I think being open and honest 
And, you know, oftentimes these partnerships, not everyone knows what's going on with the other person. A lot Mm -hmm. of these finances are really very, very separate. And I think working as a team, that um, is important too. Yeah, absolutely. What do you want to talk about the rest of the show? we got two segments left. Well, I want to talk about what's going on, obviously, here in real estate. And I want to talk about, uh, you know, if your needs aren't really being met in terms mm-hmm. of you know, your budget and yeah. some concerns. Let's talk about how we might be able to like make that better for if you own a, if you own a home. Yeah, people need to stick around for the next half hour. You definitely need to stick around. And you know what? Uh, what? Uh, what would you rather be doing on a Saturday or Sunday? You're driving around, listening to us. I mean, it's the best thing to do ever. I, I agree. <laughs> and we'll have some good music coming up. It's my choice, right? It's your choice. Mortgage 101, your guide to home ownership with Clint Wilkins and myself, Todd Vino in Halifax, not all. We will be back. Welcome back to Mortgage 101, your guide to home ownership with Clinton Wilkins and myself, Todd Vino. In the fine cities of Halifax and Ottawa, it is the weekend. Clinton, what do you think of my musical choice, Billy Joel? I really, uh, I'm a big Billy Joel fan. You are? Yeah, I am. So you like the choice? I like. I lo- I don't like it. I love it. All right. And you uh, were mentioning that uh, you may go someday see him. Perform. Yeah, I want to go next time that he plays. Uh, I guess he plays once a month at Madison Square Garden. I want to want to go. I want to plan my next New York trip around yeah. going to a Billy Joel concert. I think that would be really. Oh, cool. that'd be amazing. It'd be quite an atmosphere. Would you pay? The big money to sit close? I probably would. Yeah. Yeah. If it's if it's like a this is like a one night only, you know. Yeah. Why not? You know, I I, I I would rather spend money. I know we talked about wants and needs and maybe not spending our money in the last segment. Yeah. But, you know, I would rather spend my money on an experience yeah. versus, like, material goods. Don't get me wrong. I love buying new things. Everybody yeah. does. Yeah. But I think right now I would be more apt to want to spend my money on something like that, like an experience. Yeah. Um, you know, you can't take the memories away. That's true. I heard uh, recently, I think it was a Bruce Springsteen concert. $4,000 for tickets. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you have to be really, you have to be really into it. Yeah, you have to be, but I, but I would assume close tickets in New York, uh, Madison Square Garden for Billy Joel, you're going to, you're going to be in the thousands. Yeah. For, it for it, it may just be, who knows? Yeah, that's right. Maybe, you know, maybe I'll be lucky someday that someone will, uh, give me some tickets. Who knows? Oh, there you go. All right. You always so, have to put that out there in the, in the world. So, you know, maybe one of our listeners be like, you know what? I have these tickets and I can't go. We better just send Todd and Clinton a tweet. and uh, Something tells me if somebody's going to be charitable, it's not going to be towards us. You never know. You know, we, I think we have a, we have a lot of great listeners, and I want to thank yeah, everybody, obviously, for, for tuning sure. in. Like uh, Todd and I were talking before we started our show, and we're like, how many shows have we done? I said, we yeah. probably have done 60 shows, but you know, when we talk about even like all the live stuff, like it's probably a couple hundred. Oh, yeah. I don't even know. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, it's good. And... You're listening to us on the radio, obviously, on the weekend. Yeah, or um, online. Or online. Yeah. And the show is available on City News, on the website, you know, after the fact. Mm-hmm. And it's also on 
and anywhere where you want to get your podcast. So it's on Apple Music, it's on Spotify, and we also put it on YouTube and it's on our website. So you can always find and you can go back and listen to any of our segments. And, you know, we thank everybody for tuning in. We absolutely do. Okay, so let's talk about uh, midterm or no, yeah, midterm renewal. That's what you wanted to yeah, discuss so, first. You know, a lot of people are coming up for renewal, Todd. You know, obviously, I, I think that in 2017, it was quite busy as well. Um, and majority of Canadians take a five-year term. Right. And whether that's a variable rate mortgage or whether that's a fixed rate, that's kind of the norm. And um, when people are coming up for renewal right now, let me tell you, they're getting a little bit of shock. Yeah. The rates are obviously higher now than they were even a few months ago or a year ago. And, um, you know, if you were in a low fixed rate and you're coming up and you're looking at where the rates are now, you're going to really have a big payment shock as well. And those consumers that are feeling the payment shock, it's not just the payment of the mortgage that they're really concerned about, Todd. And sometimes that's the least of their worries. What they're concerned about is everything else that's outgoing from their wants and their needs that are Mm -hmm. coming out of their bank account and their credit card every month. And what we're doing, and we're having a lot of these conversations with customers, and this is why a lot of people are taking a variable rate right now. The variable obviously is lower than where the fixed rates are. And we believe that obviously the bank account is going to lower the key overnight rate, you know, in the coming months and years when inflation comes under control. If you take a a fixed rate right now, you're paying for that security. But what happens when things go down? You may really be sad that you're in this rate over the next five years. Right. So right now, a good fixed rate is, you know, maybe a little bit under 5%. Some are paying, you know, as low as maybe like four, seven, five. Some are paying as much as five, five and a quarter, five and a half percent. If you do take the fixed rate right now, you're stuck with that. Mm -hmm. And with the variable, we may still see some more increases. You know, the Bank of Canada is meeting again in September. And uh, some economists think that we're going to see another increase, but things are going to start leveling out. At least that's what we think. Yeah. And then when the Bank of Canada decreases the key overnight rate, guess what? If you're in that variable rate, you're going to start appreciating a lower interest rate. And what happens if fixed rates do come down? Um, certainly the bond yields haven't been as crazy as they have been. So I think we're going to start seeing some softening in the in the fixed rate. So I think that's something to watch. Um, but regardless of your variable rate or your fixed rate, when you're coming up for renewal, your amortization is staying in line with where you're at. A lot of customers are coming in to see us and they're wanting to do a refinance. And Todd, they're not necessarily wanting to do a refinance to pull out any equity. Mm -hmm. They're doing a refinance and they're extending the amortization to 20, 25, 30 years to lower their principal and interest payment. And it's not so much that they can't handle the mortgage payment. It's to give more payment relief for everything else that they're spending right now. Right. What about the stress test? Uh, because that must be... That's in, that's really interesting. Yeah. And we've been talking about this a lot. So even if you take a variable rate, because the variable rates now obviously are higher than what they were, right. we're qualifying, I would say, 100% of transactions at whatever the contract rate is plus 2%. So it's a lot harder to qualify today than it was even a couple months ago. Yeah. Um, so, for example, if you take a fixed rate at 5%, mm-hmm. we are qualifying you at 7%. Mm-hmm. That is aggressive. Yeah, that's aggressive. Yeah. That's that's putting a number of people out of the mortgage mortgage market right I now. I agree. And, yeah. and, and that's why with some of these consumers, you don't re-qualify when you're up for renewal. Right. Uh, especially if you are just renew with your existing lender. Yeah. 
The challenge is existing lenders know that. Yeah. And that's why typically when renewal offers go out, they are above what's available in the market. So some people get stuck. You know, some people wait too long and then renewal comes up and maybe their lender doesn't offer an open term and they just have to renew with their existing lender. Yeah. Other consumers take the renewal because they really can't be bothered. Yeah. You know, those ones typically spend more money. I'll be honest Some of with them you. don't open their mail. Some of them they don't, don't even know it renewed. Just, and they auto renew. <laughs> they and, don't even know it renewed. Sometimes they auto renew into yeah. an open at like 8%. Same as their house insurance and their vehicle. Insurance. They don't even lot, know. And, and sometimes that's those going things, up and up and up every And sometimes year. those things lapse. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. there's there's some uh, lenders that... I shouldn't you, laugh. But. It, 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 honestly, it happens. Yeah. There's some lenders that if you don't renew, it'll actually put your mortgage into a default position. Oh, Lord. Open your mail. <laughs> We, our customers, get a postcard from us six months before renewal, and we really start getting on to them at like yeah. four months. And you guys do reviews as yeah, well. Yeah, we do an annual yeah. review with our customers. And oftentimes during these annual reviews, like we're talking to people about inflation, yeah. you know, I, and we're giving a lot of advice right now. And it's it, we're giving advice even if we're doing a transaction or not doing a transaction, which I think has a value. Some clients are choosing to break their mortgage early. Maybe not people in a fixed rate because usually, you know, they're okay right now. Yeah. But some people that are in a variable rate are choosing to break their mortgage early, Todd, yeah. and extending their amortization. Yeah. And they're not taking a new fixed rate. They're taking a new variable, yeah. but they're taking a longer AM. And that's to get their payment down. Yep. Yeah. And it's and the and and, and they tell me they're like, Clinton, this is just for a year or two years. Mm-hmm. And then they're gonna take advantage of a lump sum payment or a payment increase when the consumer goods kind of come under control. Is that it's not for everybody. To just, there must be some scenarios where you look at them and you say, this is not the right move for you. Right like now. stay the course. Yeah. Like I have some customers that are in very, very low variable rates. I have a lot of customers at prime minus 100, mm-hmm. prime minus 110 or better. Yeah. And I tell these customers, unless you're really in financial hardship, don't break your mortgage. Your rate now is below what's available in the market. Mm-hmm. Um, typically in a refinance situation, uh, we're somewhere around prime minus 40 or so right now. So you're looking at a rate at 4.3%. Mm-hmm. And if you have prime minus 100 or prime minus 110, if you can swing the payments and you're okay, ride it out. Yeah. Because if you can ride it out, it's obviously going to be cheaper for you. And maybe it's something that we revisit kind of down the road. Yeah. But there are certainly some consumers that we just tell them to be like, you just need to stay the course. Right. And that's okay too. Yeah. 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 There's so many moving parts eh, right now. I mean, you're, you, it's just people need to be informed and that's why in, in all honesty, not to, not to pat ourselves on the back because it's not, this about or your commitment to this. Mm-hmm. It's really your commitment to this. That's made this happen. But this is extremely important This information that people have. We are people listening right now could literally save themselves massive headaches just by the, if they took a little advice from the last five minutes. Yeah, exactly. It's like first open your mail Yeah. to, Let's look and see how much you're spending every month. And, 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 and three, engage with your with your lenders. Yeah, exactly. Are yeah. you in the best product? Right. And, you know, is that amortization meeting your needs in terms of paying it down, but also your monthly output? Mm-hmm. Because the, what, the interesting thing is a lot of things change in people's lives. Yeah. You know, they get married. You know, they have kids. They get separated. You know, they do career changes. A lot of Canadians are becoming self-employed. The needs are different today than maybe they were a couple years ago. Yeah. And that's okay. But I think evaluating where you're at is important. And you can't always do it because, 
you know, you might lose sleep at night. Yeah. And we certainly do have some, and I'm going to say very few clients that are in a variable rate mortgage that are losing sleep at night. And maybe some of our listeners are, Todd. Right. I'm sure they People are. are concerned. But again, I think if people are educated, and it, I don't say that in a negative way at all. It relieves a lot it of It relieves a lot of because knowledge yeah. is power in a cliche time here in Mortgage 101, but it's true, isn't it? Knowledge really is power. Yeah. And the one thing that I do tell customers, if you are losing sleep at night mm-hmm. and you're okay paying more money, yeah. you can convert into a fixed, but it may be converting at a rate at five, five and a half percent. Mm-hmm. Do I think that's the best thing for people? I personally don't. Yeah. But if you are losing sleep at night and you're okay paying more just to have that peace of mind, mm-hmm. maybe that has a value. What if people want to uh, refinance and uh, do improvements and all of that? Is this, a, is this, I might've missed the boat a little bit. Some people on that. You know, I think it depends on what market you're in. Yeah. You know, the values in Halifax are still quite high compared to maybe some other areas of the country. So it could be a really good time to refinance. If you're uh, one of our listeners in Ottawa and really across Ontario, the market really has slowed. Mm-hmm. And what happens when the market slows, the values also maybe have decreased maybe a little bit. When we look at doing a refinance, it's up to 80% of the market value of the home. And the market value is determined by what comparable sales look like for similar real estate in your market, Mm -hmm. in your street, in your neighborhood. Um, So I think that's something to take into account. Um, You know, if you had bought a house two, three, four, five years ago, typically you do have enough equity that you can do a refinance and it would make sense. Mm -hmm. That's not everybody's situation, you know, across the country. Some markets, the values haven't grown as much as they have, you know, here in Halifax. And I know obviously in Ottawa as well. So it's something to think about. Think about what the market value is of your home if you were to sell it. And that's the value that we would use. And then take 80% and then you'd have to pay out your existing mortgage and any secured debts. And that's the basically equity you would have to use. All right. We've got another segment left and you wanted to talk about the housing market here in Halifax, Halifax, right? And and maybe we could have a little overview of of, of the country, perhaps just to... I think that certainly has some value, obviously, for our listeners. People move. People definitely. we have an audience in Ottawa. Yeah. And people move really from across the country. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. you know that despite the fact that Ted Nugent appears to be crazy, he never did drugs? That's interesting. Yeah, ever. Never, drug, I, never did drugs. Here's what I really, really want to know. Yeah? Is he playing on a Stratocaster? No. God, no. He was a Gibson guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, the big, big, beefy, hollow body Gibsons. Interesting. Yeah, I never saw him play a Strat, ever. I knew that. I know. Well, you are just like a little guru here when it comes to uh, music. Music. I, I can be called the mortgage guru, but I'll be the music guru. You can be the music guru. All right. Well, that got people awake if they weren't awake. I think uh, maybe some people are probably waking up right now. Yeah, that certainly woke them up. They're like, what's going on? Imagine if your radio set to city news and this just like comes on 
I say you were awake. <laughs> I would say maybe you, you thought it was a dream. <laughs> Well, maybe people thought it was a dream when they were trying to buy a house uh, a number of months ago, and or it, sell it, a house, and or held held off and and missed that hot market. If you're a seller, right? Well, you know what? I think some of the dreams came true for a lot of people. You know, yeah. over the last couple of years, Todd, and I think some of the dreams were crushed probably over the last you know several months. And I think some first time homebuyers were really disenchanted. I will use that word mm-hmm. by you know affordability, the real the real estate market what really went on here in Halifax was very, very competitive. There were a lot of listings that uh, the realtors were getting 20 plus offers on. Yep. And, uh, you know, sometimes first time homebuyers just couldn't compete. Yeah. And, you know, I think some people, there was a little bit of buyer fatigue there as well. I think some first time homebuyers were making offers on properties. They were just throwing things at the wall and just seeing if they could get anything. Uh, I think that's changed a little bit now, and I think it's changed for the better for those trying to get into the real estate market. Yeah. Well, the market was overheated, let's face it. It was definitely overheated, and it's still a seller's market, Todd, and yeah. that's what we're hearing from a lot of realtors here in Halifax. Uh, sellers are really still in control, but they're not getting the level of offers that they were getting before. And I think real estate is sitting on the market a little bit longer mm-hmm. than what it was. Yeah. And we're starting to see some properties that are starting to sell for at ask or maybe a little bit under the asking price. There was quite an aggressive strategy going on here in our market in Halifax for quite some time that the properties were being listed way, way below the market value. Mm-hmm. And the realtors were putting uh, the properties on what they called a program um, where they would list it you know, maybe wait three to five days and then start reviewing offers at a set time. I think that's not happening quite as much. I think properties are getting listed at the market value, which I think is positive. Right. And, um, you know, we're certainly seeing accepted offers happening. Typically, the summer is a little bit of a slower time. I, uh, I'm really interested to see what's going to happen in September. Mm-hmm. Uh, typically, when the kids go back to school, and I use the kids like I'm going to air quote this, yep. uh, you know, university, uh, little kids that are going to elementary school and high school. Once we get back into a fall season, typically the middle of September, things are pretty busy for us into kind of the end of November. Right. Yeah. So the market, uh, I guess you, you often said that you never thought that we were in a bubble. You, you've never, you, you, you never used that term. Well, we've never, had that, right? dub, we've never had double-digit growth here in Halifax. Right. And obviously we know over the last couple of years it was a double-digit growth type situation. Typically we have a very stable market, right? like 1%, 2 3% price growth. And I think we're going to get back to that, Todd. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not sad about it. I think having a more stable market is a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's easier to manage. I think it's a little bit easier for people who are buying and selling. Um, and, you know, you mentioned that maybe people that were thinking about selling that didn't. They kind of missed the mark. Right. I don't know if that's accurate. I think maybe they missed the mark in the, in the sense of you're getting 20 offers, but it only takes one. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and I guess though, if you were selling, if you're a seller, you want to maximize your 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 profit, obviously. Yeah, and I think if you're if you're selling and exiting the market... Yes. Yeah, that you missed it. But yeah. I think if sure, you it balances are, out if you're purchasing. Yeah, I think yeah. if you're selling and buying again, I think we're not in a bad situation. I think it's going to be several years before we kind of get it more into a balanced market because we need a lot more supply here in Halifax and across Nova Scotia in all types of real estate. I think to bring the market back to, you know, 
balance. Right. The come from away effect is that that's stabilized though big time. Yeah, I think it's it? certainly less. Yeah. Um, you know, specifically, I think our provincial government scared a lot of people who um, were not living in Nova Scotia. Right. So there is an increase in the deed transfer tax. Uh, you, so you have to pay more now if you buy a home and you don't become a resident of Nova Scotia. So I think that has an impact. And um, I think the work from home culture has changed a little bit. Some employers basically gave kind of a open-ended, you know, we're not going back to the office. Some employers basically closed their brick and mortar offices mm-hmm. and everybody's working at home permanently. But we're seeing more and more employers recalling their employees back into the office. And, you know, there was certainly a time where there was a lot of people from Ontario moving east because obviously the cost of real estate, we had a very kind of like safe environment here in Nova Scotia, especially around COVID. Um, And, you know, buying a single family home here was a lot more realistic than many other areas across the country. Mm -hmm. Still today, our average house price is somewhere around 530,000 which is a fraction of what it is in Ontario, in BC. And that is attractive to a lot of people, but I think the work situation is really what, you know, obviously is an impact. Maybe you're never going back to the office, but if there's a chance that you do need to go back into the office, if, if you're buying a home in a completely different area of the country, that could really put someone in a bad financial position if you need to sell that home quickly and get back to work. You mentioned the the starter home mm. Price point, what is that right now in Halifax? Because the, the average price is around half a million, you said. Yeah, the the average house is around half a million. There are homes available at $300,000. They yeah. do exist. Right. But What kind of condition are they in? Exactly. I think yeah. the condition probably needs work. Yeah. And, you know, that's okay. It's probably yeah. in a livable condition, but it's not going to be brand new construction. It's not going to be renovated. You're going to buy something maybe um, in a bedroom community on the outskirts. Right. And I think, you know, that's okay. But when you're buying something kind of in that price point, and if you're buying kind of outside the core, I think you need to think about there's other things like transportation Mm -hmm. and amenities. You know, these obviously need to be taken into account because if you now have to drive half an hour or an hour Mm -hmm. to come and work downtown. It comes out of your budget. That has a cost. Yeah. It's not just the cost of fuel, but it's maintenance. It's, you know, it's having a vehicle. So I think there's a balance between living in the core and having the lifestyle. Right. And living on the outskirts, you know, there's time and there's money spent. And that's why I think going back to what the wants are versus the needs, and I'll just touch on it one more time, you can't change the location of your home. Right without selling it, right? So I think that's one thing to really, really think about. And um, I think it's really kind of making that list and checking it twice, <laughs> as funny yeah. as that might sound, yeah. on what your priorities are. And anything within 10, 15 minutes or 10 minutes of, of the peninsula here, so that's prime location, right? North it, End, Clayton Park. It certainly is prime. Spryfield, all those areas, right? I would say the hottest areas yeah. in Halifax are between the Cirque, which is the highway mm-hmm. on the dark side, and on in Dartmouth, yeah. and the Bai High. So those yeah. that's typically the hottest area, and I think we saw some of the most you know increase in price growth in downtown Dartmouth, yeah. North End Dartmouth, right, Spryfield, yeah. uh, Fairview. Like that's where kind of we we we've seen the biggest increases. 
it, you know, several years ago, it was the North End and Central Halifax right. that we really saw the biggest yeah. increases. But I would say that has plateaued a little bit more now. And I think, um, you know, as you know, affordability becomes a, continuing to be a challenge, I think further and further out of the core really um, has seen the kind of the biggest growth and has had the most demand. Okay, so if people are interested in all the stuff they want to know more about what you do, how do they uh, how do they get a hold of you? I think the first step is to check us out online, Todd, okay. uh, at teamclinton.ca slash radio. There's lots of great information on our website. I think we have over 600 blog posts now. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of contact information. You can listen to our show right on our website yep. and, uh, you know, links to all our social accounts as well. So certainly check us out online and... Um, I really thank everybody for tuning in. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for doing this. Always great, Clinton. Thanks for having me, Todd. All right, that is Mortgage 101, your guide to home ownership with Clinton Wilkins and myself, Todd Vino. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening, folks. Have a great day.